Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. Um, so now is the chance to, to learn how to get over that um, and um, think about you know, your core skills. You're very determined, you're very motivated. Now is the chance to use those um, personality traits and get yourself through this and everything is actually going to be okay. Today I'm talking to Hannah Patterson. Hannah is the technical manager for the Spent Fuel Consolidation Programme at Sellafield Limited. She's engaged in outreach activities, including being chair of the Nuclear Institute Young Generation Network, the YGN. Hannah lives in Cockermouth and when she isn't working, likes to go fell walking and mountain biking. Welcome, Hannah. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks so much for the kind invitation. So, Hannah, you grew up in um, Aberdeen in Scotland. Tell us about what home life was like and what you were like as a youngster. So, so yeah, I grew up in Aberdeen. Um, so it was really my mum and my sister. Uh, so my dad died when I was a child, and so it was just us three, really. Um, I was a total nerd as a child. <laughs> uh, my mum says things like, oh, you know, we couldn't get you away from the library. Um, I would come back uh, and I would max out my library card with books and demand that she reads them to me because I just loved books uh, and I loved learning things. Uh, so, yeah, I was I was a really quite a nerdy child. I absolutely loved school. Um, I really loved my teachers. Uh, and I just really wanted to know stuff about everything. Very, very questioning as a child. Um, and yeah, very close with my sister uh, and my mum as well. Tell us about sort of secondary school and as you were growing up and, and, and now you really are learning and things. What, what were the sort of things that you really enjoyed at school? Yeah, I, I actually loved um, German, um, which is quite a, a random one. Um, but I think my teachers were just really encouraging and they made it really fun and really interesting. Um, we did things like read whole novels in German. So it was challenging. Um, and now I'm quite happy um, going to different countries and speaking a little bit of German and very confident because they, they kind of instilled that in me. Um, and I absolutely loved biology and chemistry. So we were quite lucky. I went to just a completely, you know, average run of the mill school. Um, but a lot of my teachers had PhDs. And um, so I had the likes of Dr. Sheik uh, and Dr. Grant, um, who would tell us stories of when they worked in industry and um, kind of what they did in their job. And they always brought that into the classroom as well, into activities. Uh, and they were really um, good at encouraging us to go out and do competitions with other schools. So we did things like, um, we did like all sorts of quizzes. We got out on a little minibus uh, and we did things like um, set off rockets in car parks. Um, and it was really good. Um, I think that's something that the Aberdeen Council was really good at, you know, encouraging us to do. And my teachers definitely, um, made sure that we were in, involved in every competition. We didn't win very much, um, but it was actually fun just to see what other schools were like and to meet other kids. Um, and yeah, my, my science teachers, I think, I, I'm sure they, they would be some of the best in the country. Just I was just lucky to have them there in that school. It really sounds like they brought the subjects to life. I mean, bringing that sort of industry experience in, it, it sort of brings in not just like the theoretical, and this is the stuff you've got to learn, but 
this is how things work in practice. And here are some examples of where this is relevant, you know, out there in the wider world. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's why um, I really wanted to study either biology or chemistry in uni. Um, so it was tough. It was tough picking between them. Um, but it was really because of my, my teachers um, that made me want to, to continue them. And I could see that actually these subjects can really make a difference to people. Um, so that, that's kind of what drove me down that path. Right, right. So you did, you, you followed the chemistry to um, the University of, uh, of Edinburgh. And as you said, that was, a, that was a hard choice. But you were telling me earlier that all of the sort of options you did within the chemistry degree were on the sort of medicinal side. So tell us a little bit about your motivation for that. Yeah, so I, I started out and you have to kind of pick the track that you go down. So you could do um, a degree in sort of focusing on materials chemistry or you could focus on something like medicinal chemistry. Uh, and for me, um, the medicinal side, um, which is all around uh, making uh, drugs to help people, um, just really stood out as a way that I could use my knowledge to help other people. Um, so that that sounded great. So I signed up on day one. Yes, five years, please. Um, I'll do all the medicinal chemistry modules. And that was great for me as well, because I really liked biology. And that meant I could do as many biology modules as I could possibly fit in, um, which was great. So I wasn't kind of losing that bit that I really liked. Yeah, that was, that was good thinking, wasn't it? And how did you find the sort of move to, to Edinburgh? Because it sounds like the three of you at home were really, you know, quite close and supportive of each other. And then you moved away. And I guess it was it was hard for your sister and your mum on the one hand, but it must have been, you know, a new experience and challenging for you in different ways. It was great. Um, I, I, part of me was studying to leave, um, <laughs> I'll be quite honest. Um, Aberdeen it is quite a big place, um, but it is, it's so far north. Um, it's very, it's kind of hidden almost, although it is a very diverse place because of the oil and gas industry. Um, I, I couldn't wait to leave uh, and I had a fantastic time in Edinburgh. It's, it's not that far away, um, so it's about two and a half hours, but it's, it's far enough away that it's not that easy to go home for the weekend, if you know what I mean. Um, so it was amazing. Um, I'd come from, you know, a very multicultural background in terms of the friends I had. And then that was times to 100 in Edinburgh University. There's people from all over the world again there. And um, so some of my friends, you know, are from Germany, they're from America. And I thought that was amazing. I just wanted to learn uh, where people were from, the food that they ate, uh, and make friends from loads of different backgrounds. So I, I really enjoyed it. So you it sounds like you really made the most of the experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I would do it all again if I could. I'm sure we all would. Yeah, I think we would. I think we would. So how, how do you think you changed during those five years at, at university doing the Masters? So I think I probably came out of my shell quite a lot. Um, I was, you know, um, I was very um, motivated to get the grades in school. And then suddenly, um, you know, I went from being, um, you know, top-ish, I wouldn't say I was top, top-ish in school, um, to suddenly, you know, all these amazing smart people from Sweden were in the class and I suddenly realised I am not going to be top-ish again. <laughs> um, so I then focused more on the kind of outside stuff and friendship groups and joining societies um, and um, I think that really kind of helped me grow as a person to see the kind of things that I enjoyed um, and pushed me outside my comfort zone as well. Um, whereas before I was quite quite insular, I had my little group of friends, 
uh, I was quite happy studying away. Um, I came to, to Edinburgh Uni and definitely got pushed out of my comfort zone for sure and challenged by the other ridiculously smart people at university. So if you're just looking back on those five years, if you were to sort of pick out perhaps one little moment which you thought this really summarises it or, or you were just in your in your element, you know, you just thought this is just right for me. Would there be a moment like that during your university time? Yeah, the, the one that, that jumps out to me really is um, I applied to something called the Satire Programme, which is um, it's a programme um, run in Scotland that looks for kind of the next entrepreneurs. It sounds really fancy. Um, but I applied to it because essentially they gave you a two or three months secondment somewhere in the world. Um, and I thought, you know, I've got I've got a, almost a chemistry degree. Um, I'm going to try this out. Um, so I got through um, and I was offered a secondment um, over in the US, at a company called Gallus Biopharmaceuticals um, for two months. Um, so that was right in the middle of America in Missouri. And it was all paid for which was incredible because obviously I was a student with no money um, and they, they flew me out there um, and um, I worked for that company for a couple of months and I absolutely loved it. I loved being in industry and um, I loved the challenge, the real challenge that they were doing. They were making uh, drugs using cells so it was biology, it was large-scale manufacturing, so it was a bit of chemical engineering in there. Um, and I got to ask those questions and I got to see all of the different aspects from going into clean room environments to um, you know, doing um, data analysis, the whole shebang. Uh, and that's being there and being with those people and seeing what they were doing and the impact they, they were having and how excited they were made me really think, okay, you know, I've chosen the right thing here. I've definitely studied the right subject. Um, and all of the, you know, um, blood, sweat and tears I've put into this are, are to get a job like this. So that's where I decided to, to not go into the PhD route, to go into industry. Um, and I realised, yeah, that that experience was kind of what, what set me off the course of, of getting an industry job. Mm, it's fantastic, isn't it? The, the people who you come up against, like your teachers at school who sounded so enthusiastic and these, these people at, at Gallus uh, Biopharmaceuticals in Missouri, who are so enthusiastic it really does set something on fire in you doesn't it to follow a particular pathway definitely um, and I think just being around those kind of people um, has definitely made me who I am today you know I love when people ask me questions about working in nuclear it's part of the reason why I'm part of the young generation network uh, I'm just excited to tell people about the cool jobs that we have um, and um, and yeah, just love being really open um, and transparent about it, and also helping other people along, along the way. Because I do recognise that even you know at Gallus uh, and previous uh, organisations I've worked in, um, I've got to where I am because people have helped me. So I really want to help other people. So I mentor people through Royal Scientific Chemistry and things like that. So then you ca you came to the end of your uh, your degree. Um, and I guess people looking at your journey so far would be thinking, mm, I think Hannah's going to go into something where chemistry and biology are fusing together. Um, but then you joined the nuclear graduate scheme. So tell us the background to, to that decision and, and how you came, came to that point. Yeah, I mean, I think if I looked back um, at me in my final year of, of uni, I would not have dreamed at all that I would end up in the nuclear industry. Um, I really had my heart set on um, working in pharmaceuticals or biopharmaceuticals, um, but um, 
that at the time, so this was back in 2014, it was such a volatile market um, for jobs in pharma. It was so difficult. Um, I was meant to do a whole year uh, industrial placement during my degree. Um, and I was so excited about that. It was going to be in Oxford and um, synthesizing anti-cancer drugs. So incredible. Um, and I would have got a lot of organic chemistry experience. I would have been in the lab. It would have been fantastic. Um, and just before I was meant to join that company, they went bust. They spent all their money on preclinical trials. So you, it's millions of pounds companies spend before uh, drugs go to market. Uh, and small SMEs just crumble if they don't pass the tests. And so I saw that firsthand. Um, so that, that, that really panicked me, actually. Um, I'd specifically chosen chemistry because it was difficult. And I'd, I'd worked my way through that degree. And I was suddenly thinking, uh-oh, what have I done? <laughs> I have studied the wrong thing. There is no jobs out there. So I was applying to everything. I was applying to accountancy. I was applying to jobs in Nestle. I was being, um, uh, I was on the train going around different companies, doing assessment centers for marketing jobs and all sorts. Um, and I, I went to Glasgow, um, a Glasgow careers fair. I traveled across there because it was the biggest careers fair in Scotland. Um, and I was going stand to stand. Do you, do you want a chemist? Do you want a chemist? Um, and I'm writing down the organizations and I just happened to stumble across the nuclear graduate stand. Um, and there was some actual nuclear graduates there who were on the scheme um, who I just got chatting to. You know, do you want a chemist? Oh, you do want a chemist. So what, what is this company? What do you do? Um, and they said, oh, well, you can work for multiple organizations on secondment over a two year um, period and you might be able to do an international secondment. So there were two huge ticks for me. The first one was, OK, if I can work for three companies, surely they can't all go bust, right? <laughs> Um, there's a little bit of insurance there and that, you know, it's a new industry. I have no idea if I'm going to like it. I can try it out. I can pick three different companies. I can see if it's really for me and I can do a little bit in the lab and I can do a little bit in the office and see what I really want to do. And the other bit was, OK, so I could get to go abroad again. And I loved it last time. Um, and I was actually really fortunate. Um, I got to go on secondment to the Department of Energy in Washington, D.C. So I got to go back to the U.S. Um, so, yeah, it was just it was pure fluke that I bumped into them there. It was a pure fluke that I, I, I heard about the scheme. Um, and yeah, very fortunate that um, it was the first the first company that picked me. And um, so I think I was one of the first people in my my um, degree to get a job. But I was like, yes, done it. Banked. <laughs> um, and it was just such a relief, actually, that I got in somewhere. But I had no idea that the industry that we work in is actually as fascinating and interesting as it is. So that's so that's what you did. Yeah. And you, you had placements um, both in the Scottish government uh, working on uh, nuclear decommissioning and waste policy, the US Department of Energy leading international cooperation activities and you came to the National Nuclear Laboratory as well doing some R&D on phase transformations in hot isostatic pressing of plutonium waste forms so many and, and varied and, and did you find there were certain things you enjoyed more than other things because there's a that's a range of different sorts of work isn't it that you were doing during those two years and you had your time on the NTech program learning all about nuclear science and technology as well so it sounds like a you know, the two years must have just gone like that. Yeah, it was, it went really, really quickly. Um, and it, it was difficult. I came from knowing nothing about nuclear to, you know, arriving at Sellfield on day one thinking, what is this place? 
Um, and my my boss at the time said, oh, these are all the things that you're going to do in the eight months that you're here. I mean, not having a clue at all what he was talking about, but going, yeah, 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 I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and trying to learn, um, you know, at Manchester University, the basics of nuclear at the same time it was, it was challenging. Um, but yeah, really out of that, I realised that um, lab work um, was probably something to be kept in the past for me. Um, I, I quite like the strategy side of things. Um, and that's where I quite like the policy side of things as well. Um, so the, the big sort of decisions that companies make that takes them in different directions, that's what really excited me. Um, and in terms of um, sort of impact that that programme had on me, I think I look back to that time in the Department of Energy um, and um, really the international work also really inspired me. So when I was there, I did things like I organised a meeting between US and China on peaceful uses of nuclear technology. Um, so I saw firsthand um, how um, two countries shared information with interpreters um, and how excited everybody is in the technical community, no matter what country they're in. They're just excited to tell people what they're working on. Um, and there, um, there was a fantastic lady called uh, Monica Regalbuto, who was um, sort of the, the head, is called assistant secretary there. Um, and she really took me under her wing. So I got to kind of almost follow her around um, to different sites. So we went to the waste isolation pilot plant, for example. Um, and I got to kind of observe how she interacted with people and how she also inspired people to support her and to um, take her ideas and make them into reality. Um, so those kind of uh, behaviours that you, you don't really get from you know, textbooks, um, I definitely took from her. And she was amazing because, like I said, she, she let me into things. I would go and tentatively knock on her door, guaranteed that it will be open for me. Oh, Hannah, it's you. Come in. We're talking about this. Come and listen. Um, she would never say, oh, no, really busy. She would always just invite me in. So it was really open, really honest. Um, and that, that's, that's what I want to be, really. Um, you know, I say when I grow up, I probably am growing up, haven't I? Um, but when I grow up, I, I do want to be uh, as much like Monica as I can be. Yes, yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Another role model and somebody who just opens up her world to you and you get to see stuff that, you know, and hear conversations that not many people hear about nuclear and the future and stuff. Fantastic. So then you, you, you came back and... Um, You've stayed working at Sellafield initially on, on high-level waste plants, and then you were seconded into the NDA. So you're, you're seeing lots of different bits of the nuclear industry, not just in the UK, but around the world, aren't you? So um, have you found those sorts of secondments? Because one of the things that I've always felt when I've moved to a different organisation is whilst you might be working on similar things, it sort of feels different. There's almost a sort of cultural element to you know how people are and how they dress and how they behave how have you found those sorts of moves have you found them easy to cope with or have they been a challenge in any way i i think i have found them quite easy um there's there's no kind of culture i would say that i'm ingrained in because i do i do and i have moved around so much even in uni um i worked in preclinical services and then biopharmaceuticals and um, so I'm kind of used to seeing a range of companies and I think I've probably morphed into a bit of a carnelian and able to kind of integrate into different groups just because of the experiences that I've had. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely um, valuable to go and I've seen different environments and different cultures because then you can 
find out what actually works for you. So, you know, for example, for me, um, I really like um, a collaborative group that works together on projects, complex projects and solves them. Um, I'm less happy kind of just sitting on my own, doing my own little thing. I want to tell people about it. I want to get excited about it. And I want to come up with novel ideas. Um, so that's the kind of group that I gravitate towards. And I think that's helped me kind of plot um, where I want to go in terms of my career as well. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a certain group and that displays certain um, types of behaviors. And I know that's the group that I'm going to be happy in because I've seen it. And I've seen areas that it's not like that, where I've not been so happy. So I kind of, I know what I'm looking for. It's a bit sort of pink and fluffy, um, but I, in my heart, I know what I'm looking for. And I, I'll, I'll know when I, when I find a job like that. Well, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because that's, that's sort of showing that you're learning about who you are. And, um, you know, I always feel like this journey, we all go on to discover who we are and what we're made to do is partly sort of filling our heads with knowledge and learning stuff, but then it's also experiencing things. And as you experience things, you realize and you put into new situations, you realize how you react in those situations. Sometimes it's a good feeling and it stretches you and that's all right. And other times you're so far outside your comfort zone, you just feel perhaps a bit uncomfortable. You know, it's, this is just isn't me. And it sounds like all, all of the different things that you've been able to do has given you a really good sort of sense of who you are and how you work sort of best. Um, so just in, in that NDA, you were there, you were seconded there for a year. Um, you're working in sort of policy space again, I guess. Um, did that sort of press the same buttons as it had, you know, in your time at, at the USDOE? Yeah, definitely did. Um, so there I was doing um, work on mainly strategy. So um, I was looking at uh, materials and sample strategy. So writing a strategy paper that meant I worked with um, all of the NDA group sites. Um, so it was a big collaboration piece as well, which I love. Um, and um, I was also um, producing the 2019 radioactive waste inventory. So that sums up all the waste in the UK um, and kind of where it's going to go. Um, because of that, I did get to do international work. So um, you can see when the job came out, I was like, ooh, <laughs> this looks great. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a year and a half in the end because um, we kept um, extending it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. It ticked all the kind of areas that I know I enjoy and I like. And I got to go out and um, go to meetings um, at the OECD NEA and the IAEA, um, which is just great. I just I love uh, I love being able to go and tell people what we're doing uh, and also to learn from them. And um, so we incorporated some ideas from the Canadian waste inventory into our inventory, for example, to improve it. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a fantastic experience. And I definitely recommend um, if anybody's thinking about doing secondments from their um, parent organization, definitely do it. Um, you will not regret it all. And so now you're back at Sellafield as sort of technical manager in spent fuel management and you're working on sort of strategy and technical aspects. Tell us a little bit about um, that role and how it sort of stretched you in different ways. So this, this role, um, it's stretching because it's about fuel. <laughs> so my background's been very much waste focused. Uh, I started out at Southfield doing, um, you know, plant calculations on high level waste, um, you know, to, to show um, the plant um, the throughput that we needed, um, how long the glass product would last. Um, so it was really technical, always in a waste area. Uh, and this role, um, so I was, I was offered a variety of roles when I came back from the NDA. Uh, and this role hit the, this is new and exciting button uh, because I really didn't know very much about nuclear fuel. Um, I just knew you know, how much we had uh, and where it was really from my NDA job. 
Um, so it was um, learning more uh, technical knowledge in a new area. Um, but there's also the international piece as well. Um, so Cellfield, um, you may know that we store fuel from the AGR reactors, from EDF reactors. Um, so there's a, a big focus on um, long-term storage before it goes to GDF. Um, but there's also uh, an international piece because Cellfields, you know, this um, store for fuel, um, lots of other countries are also storing fuel in ponds or in dry storage. So there's a big, um, there's a big focus on sharing with the international community um, through IAEA working groups uh, and things like that. So it also ticked the kind of international box for me. But it's been a year and a half uh, I've been in this team. Uh, we're working really closely with um, June Ray, NDA and Magnox. Um, and I'm learning something every day. I'm learning about program management. Um, I'm learning about stakeholder engagement. I'm learning about what the regulator is interested in. Um, it's, it's actually a really interesting place to be just now. Oh, that's fantastic. It's good, it's good to have those roles that stretch you in different ways, but also press the right buttons for you. Um, so now you're, you're chair of the, uh, the Nuclear Institute uh, Young Generation Network, the YGN. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the YGN and maybe for people who've not come across it, why might they want to engage with it if they work in nuclear? That's a great question. Um, so to sum up the, the YGN, um, it's really the under 37 year old group of the Nuclear Institute. So this is the professional body for everybody who works in the nuclear industry from you know, being a lawyer um, to being an engineer or a scientist. And you're all part of this, this community. Um, so your second question was, why would you want to be part of it? Um, well, I can tell you the reason that I became part of it, uh, and it was really in my first few weeks of starting in the industry, um, it was actually the people for me. So um, I was brand new, I knew absolutely nothing, um, and some volunteers came and gave a presentation on the Nuclear Institute. They explained that they were um, organising networking events and events to tell people about the technical um, detail of the industry. They were going to do site tours um, and you could go and see different sites and um, you could go to the NAMRC, all these crazy things. I didn't know what it was at the time, um, but they were, you know, in their own time organising all this stuff. Uh, and their enthusiasm was infectious. Uh, and it's really the people who are volunteers that have kept me volunteering all this time. Um, and really uh, the reason why I've uh, went up to be, to be chair as well, because of the support that they have given me and the encouragement that they've given me. Um, so the YGN, it's really all about fostering a community of young people um, and helping each other. So through things like um, mentoring, um, getting everybody together, um, organizing seminars, big dinners, et cetera. Um, we are really, um, I mean, we're the ones that are gonna be leading this industry going forward, right? Um, so now is the time to help each other. Um, and there's so much support from um, industry and from senior leaders as well. So we get them in and we do little sessions where they tell us about their career journeys and they help us kind of along the way. And um, so it's really, it's a, it's a fantastic community. Um, and I can guarantee um, if you do become a part of it, you will leave with lots and lots of friends. Yeah, I, I just, I love the meetings that I've been to um in the past because the energy in that group of young people is just infectious it's just fantastic so i'd encourage anybody who's not connected with the ygn to connect in some way 
Um, so I'm going to take you back to your time, perhaps when you were at university, and maybe where you just heard that your year's placement had fallen through, and you're thinking, ah, oh, you know, what am I going to do now? If you could give yourself a piece of advice at that point in your life, what, what do you think it would be? Um, so I think looking back, um, what I'd say to myself is um, just keep your head up. Actually, everything's going to be OK. This is just one little stumbling block. And there is going to be so many more of them <laughs> coming. Um, so now is the chance to, to learn how to get over that um, and um, think about, you know, your core skills. You're very determined. You're very motivated. Now is the chance to use those um, personality traits and get yourself through this. And everything is actually going to be OK. And just use use kind of your, your, your strengths. Um, and um, and use that to learn going forward because there is going to be more bumps in the road for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's great advice because we all have bumps in the road or stumbling blocks that just come our way for one reason or another, sometimes completely out of our control. But I, I always think it's it's how you respond to those things, which is what you've said, how you use your core skills of who you are to respond to those things that makes all the difference. And uh, you responded amazingly well. And we're so grateful that you came across the nuclear grads scheme in, uh, in Glasgow that time. And you've joined the industry and making a great difference. So, and it's been great to chat to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much. And do speak to you soon. If you've enjoyed this podcast, to help others enjoy it too, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And don't forget to rate and review. Thank you.